This is Daisenshu EX, the podcast, episode 36, for the week of July 23rd, 2006. So, Julian, uh, how many wins was that in Tetris? Too many. Like, too many. <laughs> That's okay, I feel your pain. We were playing right before we started, and I lost probably six, seven times uh, in a row. Now, if only this were a Tetris DS podcast, we would have all sorts of funny stories to tell. Alas, welcome to Daisenshu EX, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. What do we call it? Daisenshu EX. Yes, that is it. Whee! We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and maybe a little entertaining. My name is Mike Labrie. Perhaps you know me as Vegito EX. And if you don't, well, that's quite okay. Now you do. Hello. Hello. I'm making funny faces at Mary. <laughs> I don't know how to take <laughs> Doesn't this. Doesn't know how to respond to me. <laughs> I can't tell if you're seducing me or trying to scare the shit out of me or what. A little A, a little B. You're like, okay. no. I'm the naughty librarian. <laughs> <sighs> what? I don't know. Well, how about I seduce Julian first? That's much better. Hello. <laughs> Mike, yeah. we have a podcast. Yes, yes. Talk to the audience. Hey, audience. Hello. Looking good there, audience. <laughs> they don't talk back to me, so it's kind of weird. Julian, hello. How are you? I am doing quite well, thank you. This is fantastic. Do you have a rum and coke this week? I just got a regular coke. I was going to do the rum and coke thing, but somebody took their ice cube tray home, so I don't have any ice. Aww. Yeah, and warm rum and coke isn't fun. That's true. I have no drink. I need to go get something. Let's do so after dinner. I was, I was just talking about a green tea that oh. I have in the fridge. Just something, you know, liquidy. Oh, we'll and spike your green tea with to, something. To wet my whistle during <laughs> the episode. Wetting your whistle. Mary, how are thee? I'm doing fine, thank you. This is fantastic. Right. Any Anything exciting happening with you? Yeah. What? I'm just excited because I bought a lot of clothes today. Oh. <laughs> I'm having a girly moment, I'm sorry. <laughs> but no, I also got a new comic book, so there's my nerd moment. Uh, got a lot of clothes. No, I can be a little normal sometimes, but then I go and buy comic yeah. books, so... And you totally destroy that image, then. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's, That's right. okay. I've got a nerdy clothes moment going on wearing my Monty Python t-shirt. I'm I'm pretty normal, so uh, go me. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing pants. Oh, no. Wow. There's sorry an image that's to ruined. disappoint. Wow. What a full week. We have a lot of things to discuss. That's mm-hmm. true. Wow. So I say we get on into it. This has been an exciting week. We have so much news. We have video game news. We have DVD news. And the DVD news kind of ties into like property rights news. This is very exciting. So let's kind of take a step back and uh, go through the last week or so. Because last week we really did emails. We have a lot of stuff to cover. Mm -hmm. First thing, well, Super Dragon Ball Z. It's been the big thing going on. Uh, If you check back two episodes ago, episode 34, we did a full extravaganza on the game. uh, Review and all sorts of other stuff based on the Japanese version. The game came out in the U.S. this past week on the 19th. And uh, a couple little bits about that. No selectable Japanese voice cast. Kind of sad. Boo. <laughs> boo. Majin uh, boo. Hilarity. Hilarity. Now, a lot of people were disappointed with this because the greatest hits version of Budokai 3 and uh, <laughs> the American release of Sparking, both had the selectable Japanese voices. So they're banking on this becoming greatest hits and then they'll make you buy it again with the Japanese voice cast? Quite possibly. Uh, marketing. We don't oh, really know. I have to assume they're just going to kind of slide by this one it's weird because this is such an important step in uh dragon ball it's progress in gaming and it just seems to be kind of shoved aside by a lot of fans and even the company itself releasing it here so that's sad no japanese voice cast also the uh attack sound effects are written out in english in the american version oh it seems like it would be a lot of work well, exactly. They're going to put all the effort into, you know, writing in these sound effects in English and then 
make more additional work by taking out the Japanese voice cast. It's weird. I don't understand. But it's hey, not meant to be understood. It's, it isn't, because in some minute way, it's related to Funimation, and therefore it can't make sense. That's my <laughs> logic with it. The logic okay. is that there is to be no logic. Indeed. So I think that sums up Super DBZ. Again, if you want any other information about the game, check out episode 34. Let's talk about another video game, this one over in Japan. Julian, what is up with Battle Stadium D.O.N.? Well, it came out on the 20th of the month. It features a new theme song performed by Hironobu Kageyama, who did a bunch of songs in DBZ, including both opening themes, the second ending theme, and, you know, all those themes. <laughs> and Hiroshi Kitadani, who sang the first theme to One Piece, and although that was only for the first 40-odd episodes, uh, that that theme continues to be used during the episode previews. So yeah. he's a pretty important part of One Piece history. So. You know, I'd say that's a pretty important song because there's the uh, Anipara remix of it and there's the uh, character vocals version of it. It's a pretty uh, well-known song. Yeah. It's, and, and it's lived up well. It's interesting, too, because there's a lack of a uh, Naruto singer for any of them. But, I, I mean, Naruto yeah. pretty much uses straight-up, not-related-to-ninjas in any like way J-pop and J-rock actual... Actual songs. Not that 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 not feature as playable characters in the game. Very neat. Nice. Now, uh, it looks like DBZ is really the only series with uh, villain characters. And I guess you can kind of count Gara as a villainous character. But, uh, hey, he's kind of yeah. on the fence. Uh, he's, he's on the fence? Yeah. On the fence. Yeah. Is he, is he falling off of it? Is he kind of like tiptoeing across it? That's a filler episode. I, I haven't <laughs> seen it yet. I've only heard... <laughs> about the Gara tiptoeing on the fence? That's right. That's next That's week's when episode. He, when he relives his youth down in the bayou. <laughs> Is there anything that Naruto filler hasn't covered by this point? <laughs> I can't wait for this. It's bound to happen. There's going to be an episode about Gara tiptoeing on a fence. There has to be. In fact, for all I know, it was last week's episode. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> Battle Stadium D.O.N. came out last week. It's a GameCube and PS2 game. I am personally waiting on the PS2 version because I got that Japanese PS2 and I'm kind of like, hey, let's get as many games as I can for it. Mine hasn't come in yet. I'm expecting Monday-ish. So let's say next week we're going to do another episode. Full game review extravaganza, Ish. as I call it. All, all about D.O.N. So we'll talk all about that stuff next week. Some more game news. Yes, more game news. Ooh la la. Take it back Ooh. to exclusively Dragon Ball here. Uh, Sparking Neo coming out later this year. Now, uh, there are a couple things going around. Uh, one was on the Magic Box saying that Japanese retailers were giving a date of October 19th for the game, both for the PS2 and the Wii, which in turn was leading to all this speculation about, oh, well, is that going to be the exact date for the Wii's launch? And there's been a whole bunch of other stuff going on with that. Let's ignore that for a couple minutes. Yeah. Because the latest issue of V-Jump uh, explicitly states October 5th the game's coming out on PS2. But not anything for the Wii. Right. You know what also amused me is that the Magic Box called the game Sparkling Neo. <laughs> now, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I see sparkling and I think something more along the lines of, say... Sailor Moon versus <laughs> it's Sparking, Shoujo I Dragon Ball. <laughs> I want to yes. see like an all-out Shoujo crossover fighting game. I mean, if we can oh, have D.O.N., let's see some <laughs> Sailor Moon action versus every other Magical Girl series out there. Be that would be awesome. Shonen Jump versus Nakayoshi. Go! <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. So uh, the game's coming out on October 5th for at least the PS2. We have confirmation on so many new characters both in V-Jump, and a lot of stuff coming out of Comic-Con, actually, which is where? San Diego? That's where yeah. it's been in the past. I think it's still there. So let's quickly breeze through a bunch of characters that have um, been discovered in the game. Zangya from DBZ Movie 9, Nine. one of uh, BoJack's henchmen, the only female one. And mm. we've also got Sauza from DBZ Movie 5. Yes. Thousand Island Dressing. <laughs> <laughs> Who uh, else what? do we have here? Got Garlic Jr. Yay! Plus transformed version. Yes, yeah, so we got little little Garlic Jr. and we got rah, 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 Garlic Jr. 
<laughs> That's my impression. Okay. That was excellent. Just do a couple others. Who else do we have? We've got Pai Kuhan. And oh, oh, this is awesome. Mike made me close my eyes and surprise me with this <laughs> next one. Yajirobe. Yay! Fucking playable character, finally. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a little useless, but hey, it's comedy. But but I love this stuff. I love He's seeing got a these sword. characters. Yes. I love these guys getting some attention. And then we've got Kaioshin and Kaioshin fused with Kibito. Yes. We've got Great Saiyaman Mark II. Little Videl action in there. Yeah. Huey from getting blown up by Vegeta. Huey <laughs> from or... getting blown up. Famous for his role <laughs> in being blown of up. Of dying. I loved him, though. I thought he was such a good character. <laughs> and we've also got um, Super Saiyan Broly and regular Broly. Um, these two, Broly and Bojack, they're, they were both in the first Sparking, but only one version of them. So here we've uh. got pre-transformation and transformation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've also got Pun. Yay. Yay! First time Yay. since Final Bout. And I think Final Bout was the only time ever before yeah. this. Yeah. Wow, of course, which true. version of it will? Which version of her will it be? Will it be Little Pun? No, it looks like the GT oh. version. Oh. In fact, I think they even took um, one of her like signature attacks. It was in Final Bout too. Uh, I don't remember what it's called. But she forms um, two balls of key in both hands. and That's from the show, uh, too. I see. Well, I know, but I specifically know it from okay. Final Bout. <laughs> yeah, GG TV remembers. series, whatever. I know it exists, but... <laughs> <laughs> We've also got, um, I'm going to say, E. Shinron, and yep. the uh, super version of him as well. Uh, he was in Budokai 3, but not in the first Sparking, so he's making a comeback. We've also got Baby Vegeta, plus the Super Saiyan version. I guess you can call it Super Saiyan. And then the Golden Ozaru version as well. So all of his little uh, transformations there. And then we got some cool stuff. As if the other stuff wasn't Ooh. cool enough. I know. We've got some uh, what ifs, if you will. Yay. We've got Ozaru Raditz. Yay. Ooh la la. Yay. And the nice bald Ozaru Nappa. No, I don't think he's actually bald, Not but canon. I think he should be. Oh, I thought you told me he was bald. I couldn't really. I misunderstood. I wasn't looking close enough. See, I think Ozaru Raditz, his hair should be all the way the hell down. I think... Ozaru Nappa should be bald. A bald monkey? Yep. Well, but the other characters don't really have their hairstyle show through in their I know, but it should. Because otherwise, like Mary was saying, that could just be anyone. Because <laughs> we've even got um, Ozaru Taras as well. Yes. Well, it's just that we've only really ever had one on the screen at any given time. <laughs> That's true. Except during the special. Bardock special. But, we had yeah. a few. Ooh. But, but we see them in their regular forms the next instant. Right. So, hey, we got a crap ton of new characters coming. That'll be exciting. Um, looks like there's some story mode stuff in some of these screen caps and pictures. So I'll just put up a whole bunch of links to all the stuff. We have things on our forum. We have some stuff on other game sites. And I think there's even some YouTube videos. You'll get all those links. So make sure you check out the uh, show notes on the webpage for this. And then the... Uh, the big stuff here. Big, big honkin' news. The big honkin' news. <laughs> Open too much speculation, but... Indeed it is. That's what the internet is for. <laughs> the internet, in addition to being yes. for porn, is for speculation. That's right. <laughs> yes. As you may recall, in previous months, there was a mysterious edition of a complete Vegeta saga set to, I believe, the likes of such sites as rightstuff.com. Yes. With no real explanation. And this was during the time that the continual so-called ultimate uncut releases were going on. So to have this set here with fewer discs than, number one, the ultimate uncut edition actually had <laughs> and being released before the rest of those discs came out was very strange. Uh, so, But then we had this weirdness with the rest of the ultimate uncut discs going AWOL on all the major sites. And even there was like one reference left to the next volume to come out on DB- on the official Funimation website, but uh, that came and went with nothing actually coming out. So nobody really had any clue, except at Anime Next, we, or someone around us, asked about this series set, and they just said that they couldn't really comment about it at the time. Right. So now, there was a big announcement that actually got posted on the main page of rightstuff.com that said the following about their Season 1 box set. It has been... Not really postponed, but delayed to a release date of February 6th. Now, not only that, but it had a message from the company along with it. And it says, We will re-announce this title with a new release date in quarter 1, 2007. And there will be other major announcements concerning the property at that time. These season sets are being enhanced and restored, with many new features being added. Runtimes and packaging will also be different. So... Mm, what this could this mean? It's interesting. It is. Should we, <laughs> should we just put it out there? We don't know this for a fact. We can't confirm it. 
all signs are pointing to Funimation get an option on the Dragon Box footage. Holy oh. fucking Moses. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, we got to buy the series again, but hey, <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. The way I see it, and this is, again, me speculating things, Funimation, for all they knew, they didn't have any option on this. They weren't going to get it. They started putting out their Ultimate Uncut Edition. They get around eight volumes in, and then the ninth volume came out. Oh, by the way, hi, we're Toei. Would you like to pay us lots of money, and we will give you the Dragon Box footage? Funimation goes, hmm, maybe we should stop now and uh, start over again. That, that sounds like a rational explanation. Do you yeah. think they'll have some kind of replacement program? Because that's really kind of like a slap in the face to all those that have been buying these re-releases from we the talked beginning. About, we talked about this before when this uh, season box set first uh, was announced and listed. Five DVDs. You know, there's like nine out. People are going, well, what the hell? I can't even fill out my boxes anymore. What's going on here? Now, we don't know if this is or this new set is going to include the Spanish slash Mexican track. We don't know what else is going to be on there. It, it's still very confusing. Nothing's confirmed. Everything's up in the air. But this is going to be fun. It's certainly so interesting. We'll just have to keep our eyes on what actually appears in the future. We will. And, of course, you can stick to us as a major source for all the news that comes out. Of course it. you can. Always post it up on the front page of the website. You know, what really intrigues me here is just the fact that they say other major announcements concerning the property. So yes. I, I think they have something big to say. Did you see that massive uh, contest they just put up? Uh, I got an email about it, but I didn't read it. Yeah, it was just on one say? of the major news sites, uh, like a crap ton of prizes and stuff related to DBZ. Um, mm. something involving the seven Dragon Balls and, and stuff. Well, they got money. They can give things away. Yeah, exactly. They're loaded. They got that Pokemon money still. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, plus they have all those other top dollar series that they've got that That's are probably true. making them good money. So <laughs> That's where the money's them. coming in now. <laughs> wow. Yep. So all sorts of neat stuff. We're going to have to stay tuned. You're going to have to stay tuned. And I think with that, we're going to move into the topic for the week. This week, we are going to be discussing something I love, and that is the evil characters in the show. Dun, dun, dun! Oh, anyway. Starting all the way at the beginning and going through probably just C, because who cares about those GT villains and their redundant storylines, but maybe we'll touch upon them. We're going to talk about the bad guys, the villains. We're going to decompose them. Yes, we're going to kill them <laughs> and throw maggots on them and Ugh. and watch them decompose. We're going to take them apart. We're going to see what makes them tick. Oh, dear. And we're going to see what's in that intestine down there. Didn't you ever <sighs> want to know what they ate? Not really. Babies? Wasn't Raditz eating, like, live animals or something while he was waiting? Telling that, you, that, they eat babies. Was, babies. Vegeta and, and Nappa were eating, like, the people part, they part of the... Yeah. They eat limbs. <laughs> when they first showed up, that was uh, weird. Well, I guess we'll have to talk about that. <laughs> so we're going to talk about all these bad guys and villains. What makes them tick? What makes them special? What makes them significant? I'm going to start this off and say some of these bad guys are not actually villains. I call them just bad guys. Let's start off with Pilaf. Can such an ignorant and stupid little fool truly be a villain? Well, he's trying to take over the world. But that I mean, doesn't that... matter. He's so dumb about it that even his intents, you just kind of have to laugh at him about it. Yeah, I don't think yes. I ever really thought the world was in great danger when <laughs> exactly. uh, Pilaf was involved. Well, I guess the one time he resurrected a certain demon. Evil, yeah. Well, that was... And even then, <laughs> he was kind of doing it for self personal gain there but um but it was never really you know oh it's pilaf we're not but he does trouble. have two loyal servants he does have no real reason to actually follow him because they're probably they actually probably stand a better chance of you know taking over the world on their own i <laughs> i would have to agree with this i always yeah. wondered where he dragged those two yeah, people where did he from? Get them I don't know. Shu and Mai were just like, hey, you're pretty cool. Let's be your servants. You something. have a castle. Can we live with you? <laughs> it must be something like that. <laughs> it, it can't be. They, they couldn't have gotten on board because they wanted to, like, serve him forever. Exactly. exactly. Maybe they're related in some weird way. Ew. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to think about those genetics. I mean, is there much more to say about Pilaf? He's just a little dude. He's funny and blue. He's funny. He, he'll tickle you and... It's all in good fun, right? Right, right. Not in any real danger. Yeah. Except for anyway. that one time he resurrected Piccolo Daimo, but we'll get to that. 
we'll leave Peel off at that. Who's the uh, the next singular kind of major bad guy? The Red Ribbon Army, and that would be Commander Red. Yeah. And perhaps to a more, well, you know, world domination aspect, uh, Adjutant Black. Hmm. And even and... with them, you know, I still, like, I know they're evil, and they want to take over the world and kind of have everything for themselves, but I still didn't see them as... Yeah. Well, I mean, Commander Red was propelled by this single-minded drive to be taller. Right. <laughs> and to do that, he would kill anyone who got in his way. He would practically take over the world in order to do so. And so that's kind of, well, I guess that's more psychotic than evil. That's true. Um, <laughs> but, but then uh, his, you know, second-in-command, Black, actually did want to take over the world. And when he found out that wasn't what the Red Ribbon Army was about, he, well, he killed his boss, and decided to make that what the Red, <laughs> Red Ribbon Army was about. <laughs> um, so I'd say he was pretty close. Um, but we're, we also forget about some of the, well, I guess you could call them bosses in a way, but um, like the generals and such of the Red right. Ribbon Army that Goku comes in, into contact with. But I guess the outside of the Red Ribbon Army you have Thao Pai Pai. Right. Now... He kills for a living. <laughs> <laughs> now we're, sta evil. we're starting to get there. For me, up until this point, uh, in kind of excluding Pilaf, they're all human. So I think you can only get as villainous as the human heart can really be. And I think well, that, Tao that Pai has Pai great capacity. That. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he, well, he kills Bora just because he can, basically. <laughs> I mean, he's not paid to kill him. He's paid to go after Goku. Right. And he tries. He certainly tries. He cer certainly did. Poor guy. What a bad decision that was. Yes. He doesn't seem to take a certain amount of pleasure in what he does. But he gets his comeuppance, even if he doesn't get quite down for the count. So, there you have Tao Pai Pai. So I think up until this point, he kind of uh, takes the lead. Mm -hmm. Who else do we have? Kind of surrounding Tao Pai Pai, we have Sudo Senin and uh, Tenshin Han, and maybe even Chaozu at this point. Kind yeah. of all grouped well together. Yeah, I mean, Ten Shinhan and Chaozu kind of idolized Tao Pai Pai. Right. And they're under the tutelage of Tsuru Senin, and they basically want to become more powerful. That's why they want to be, but they have a change of heart when they find that they're not really all for the needless killing and such that their master has in mind. And so Tsuru Senin really seems to be kind of the dark heart behind those two, and maybe even those three. Yeah. And that stems from... Well, I guess you could call it ideological differences. Back to his days training alongside Kame Senin with Mutaito, their master. And Kame Senin wants to, you know, use his power for... For good. For good. And Tsuru Senin wants to use his power to become more powerful. <laughs> so you see right away they've got a difference of opinion on that. Right. And they just don't like each other. And <laughs> uh, that becomes kind of Tsuru Senin's single-minded drive at one point to best his former co whatever you call him his his former comrade in tutelage or something yeah and show that he's better once and for all whether it means rebuilding his little brother as a cyborg or training <laughs> these people as kind of almost to be assassins mindless assassins really underlings yeah he's amassing a little army you know, but kind of uh, Kame-sen in his shoe. I mean, not for evil purposes. Kind of true. I mean, well, you know what? He didn't want to train them at first. That's he, true. He wanted to just sit and read his porn. Who <laughs> blame a man for that? What I also wanted to uh, note was all of this is kind of a recurring theme, just not throughout anime, but manga and even video games. Uh, the one side who wants to be more powerful and the one side who wants to stay in control of himself and use his power for good. Mm -hmm. For me, the most common uh, correlation is... Akuma or Goki from Street Fighter, who lets the Hado overcome him and, you know, kills people. Because <laughs> he wants to be stronger. And then we've got Ryu, and we've got Ryu that doesn't want to completely let it overpower him. And maybe he does, doesn't really know. So wants to protect people and be good. So this is recurring stuff, but I like it. It works well, especially in such a large ensemble cast as Dragon Ball. Mm -hmm. You get all the friendships. So I think, Indeed. I think we're kind of done with that group. And we get to what I really consider the first villain. Kind of because he's the devil, but uh, Piccolo Daimao. Yes. What a bad dude. He decides to go kill all of the people who would potentially stand any sort of threat against him. 
Just because. Yeah. And not only that, but he kind of delegates the responsibility to his own offspring. Yeah, he doesn't even do it himself. He, he just sits there up on the chair. And that's like mm. a prime uh, characteristic of supervillains is that you gotta have your henchmen exactly. do all yeah. the work for you. Exactly. And it's not that he couldn't, it's just that those, even though they could potentially stand a threat against him, they're still not powerful enough for him to bother himself. In the end, they're all expendable. Right. Yeah. Now, Mary, I think you made a good point. Supervillain. Right. This is the first one in the series. Yeah. Like the one that really, truly, truly strikes fear in the hearts of everybody. In fact, if you want to get technical, he actually wins. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) Not only does he kill several people, either through underlings or even by himself, he beats Goku. And he takes over the world. He's the only (laughs) DBZ villain who actually (laughs) takes over the world at any point (laughs) without blowing it up. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, that says something right there. He won (laughs) and he owns the world. I respect him. I I do. Now, in terms of what makes him tick... It really just stems down to he is everything that was evil within this original Namekian being. That's a classic power struggle. It is. Internal good and evil. Right. So you've got Kami, who is everything good about his former self, and then Piccolo, who is everything bad. And, yeah, they are complete opposites. You have Kami, which is, you know, God, and you have (laughs) Daimao, which is the devil. Demon Lord. So, I mean, really, what would make him tick beyond that is just inherently what he is. As a character, is there much more to say about him? He's kind of, I don't want to say one-dimensional, but he kind of is. That's true. I can't picture him having much depth other than, you know, his backstory. Yeah. Who he is in the present isn't all that interesting, but it's how he got to that point that is, like, the bread and butter of of what he is. Right. In order to get to Piccolo Daimao, you have to take into consideration Kami and all of that past and Mm -hmm. everything that leads up to that. For me, what nails it is just uh, Goku discovering his best friend dead. And that's setting up that whole story. You know some bad dude is waiting in the shadows. Oh, yes. And then we've got uh, his offspring, which is really just him, reincarnated, so to speak. Just prettier. Prettier. Yes. <laughs> Younger, yes. faster, better. And though he starts out just as ruthless, he becomes much less so. Right. In fact, we don't even know that he's actually killed anyone over the five years since the tournament. He's been basically solely training to best Goku. <laughs> well, and in filler, he kind of blew up some people on a boat. Yeah, I find little <laughs> baby yeah. Piccolo more terrifying than adult Piccolo. Yes. Like that but, creepy-ass yeah. kid's walking around doing God knows what in the woods and in the ocean. <laughs> that, oh, that's man. true. But after the tournament, he basically devotes his entire life to becoming stronger than the one who beat him. Right. He doesn't even care about eating evil anymore. He just wants to be stronger than Goku. He talks big several times. He always claims, oh, well, I'm not really your friend. Oh, I'm going to take over the world. Uh, Yeah, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Bye now. (laughs) But, yeah. (laughs) I mean, even his story with Raditz was that we got to get rid of this guy because, hey, this is my planet. Get the hell out of here. I'm taking over. Or, no, don't beat up Goku, it's my job to beat up Goku. Yeah, if anyone's gonna kill him, it's gonna be me. But then that later becomes Vegeta's, you know, song and dance routine. (laughs) Yes, well, well, Piccolo really, I think, even before he realizes it, he stops caring about taking over the world. He just wants to be stronger. Yeah. And he just, eventually, I mean, you know, he starts taking care of Gohan, and and that goes from there. Oh, Piccolo! You think he became infatuated? Is that what did it? Uh, I think he just became emotionally invested in the outcome of the world and decided that maybe he wasn't the best choice of leader. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe about 20 years later he came to that conclusion. When he realized, Kami, you know, Kami, you're doing good work there. I don't think I'll step on your toes. Good job there, bud. <laughs> and then, oh, yeah, we had that huge emotional change with Piccolo. Um, without getting too much in-depth in with it, what do you think really started it? Was it n- him being forced to socialize and train Gohan? I'd say so. I mean, Gohan, despite everything, was pretty upbeat about everything. Right. And as as much as he was annoyed, perhaps he was, you know, <laughs> I don't know, against his own will, kind of forced <laughs> to become a father figure. Right. <laughs> and as Mary said, this was Vegeta's song and dance. I love that. <laughs> Same thing happened with Vegeta when he ended up staying on Earth and having to do all this. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is staying on Earth mellows people out. It does. Hanging around the peeps. Hanging with the peeps. Hanging with the little boys. So uh, Vegeta, he's really the next big bad guy. Oh, we're not going to count Raditz. Well, Raditz is an idiot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he does whatever true. Vegeta says. He's the underling, really. That's yeah. true. When he, when he gets sent off on his own, he likes to talk big, but he's right. Vegeta's lackey. <laughs> it's the same for Nappa, too, then? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> well, what, what are you going to say about Nappa? Nappa's a bit more sinister than Raditz, I think. 
You think? Yeah, I think yeah. only because we have more time with him. I suppose. And because he's stronger. He can do more. Yeah, he, he's more capable of causing havoc than Raditz was. Raditz had to talk big because he wasn't all that powerful. But he's stupid about his violence. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, Vegeta, um, when his uh, underling wasn't doing so good, uh, let's kill him and take care of things myself. That makes, yeah. you know, that's just the makings for the ultimate badass yes. right and he there. he licks his lips when he does it. Ooh. He's like, mm. he's, <laughs> Tasty. He's obsessed with power. He's yes. obsessed with control. He's obsessed with proving that he is better than everyone else. He's obsessed little- with himself. Maybe yeah. a little bit of a Napoleon complex in, you know, he's a little bit shorter than everyone else. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, um, so he wants to be stronger than Goku. He wants to be stronger than Frieza. He he also has a bit, you know, a real pride tack on, you know, his alien race that was destroyed by Frieza, but it's it's more self-oriented than kind of doing honor to anyone in particular. Right. He just wants to be him on top of everyone. He kind of figures it's his right. He's like, hey, I'm the friggin' prince. Sense of entitlement? Yes, Exactly. Oh, entitlement. What an amazing phrase that we're going to get back to at some point in a future episode. <laughs> but I'm going to leave it there. Continue, please. What makes Vegeta tick? I think we summed it up. The prospect of not being the best? Basically, like A yeah. big dose of reality sinking in? Like, hey, maybe I'm not the shit. Well, the thing is, he actually was still the best and the strongest even after that fight. That's true. He didn't have friends. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> when you have friends, they can bounce attacks off of each other and stuff. But, yeah, I think he realized, hey, someone could actually step up and match me. And what's interesting is that, you know, the author wasn't at this point yet. But then we find out there were other characters that kind of played this role in Vegeta's past. Um, yeah, Kui in Nap- particular. Kui, Dodoria, Zarbon. People who pissed him off and, <laughs> you know, basically threw in his face the fact that they were more powerful than he was. Right. And the Ginyu Force. So, so what you're saying is Vegeta used to be bullied. <laughs> like, hey, I'm a growing up now too. I'm gonna come and kill you. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Well, it's weird because he did have that weird sense of entitlement as a the prince child, and everyone was kind of looking down at him and kind of still treating him okay. But you know, then his planet was destroyed, and then all of a sudden he's not the shit anymore. He's one of the only. They thought there were three left. It's it's an interesting position to be in. Vegeta is not without his flaws, and that's what makes him very interesting as a villain. I think so, yeah. Especially when we keep talking about this, the fact that he will just let the other villains, once once Vegeta's mellowed out of himself, <laughs> he'll just, because he's so damn cocky, he'll just be like, oh, well, I want a good fight. Yeah, you can get powerful. How many times did he do this? The Yeah, transform. Let's go, bitch. And what did they do? Bite him in the ass. <laughs> At least twice. With Frieza, with Cell. <laughs> he never learns his lesson. Doesn't. Because yeah. he's got such that, you pride. know, the pride. It's the single word that describes Vegeta so well. I mean, it's not like other villains don't have pride, but I think Vegeta is his pride. Like, that. that's what makes him him. Right. Are we up to the next dude now? Yeah. I like to call Frieza an intergalactic homicidal maniac that suffers from panic attacks. Mm-hmm. And, uh... That'll create a pretty frightening person. Yes, he likes to basically, you know, inflict misery and destruction because he can. He likes to take over planets and have people at his disposal because he can. He is the power, most powerful that he knows of, short of his father, and he he likes that. He likes the way that's set up. <laughs> he does like it a lot. Mm. Now, but, what's interesting to me yeah. is he kind of has a bit of Vegeta here where he, he thinks he's the strongest, he, he thinks he's the shit, but in the back of his head, he kind of knows that won't always necessarily inherently be true. And even when he destroys these people, because in the back of his head, he's saying they could be a threat, I should get rid of them. But he plays it off in such a way that's that's not what he outwardly says and how he acts. Yes, it's he really says, intriguing. He says, "I can do this to you because you're not worth my time." But what he's really thinking is, "I gotta get rid of these guys before <laughs> they become a threat to me. They could they could get rid of me. This I gotta get them out of here." A problem. That's interesting about Frieza because, like other villains, you know, he does stuff because he can. He kills people because he can. He does all this, that, and the other because he can. But unlike other villains, but he has scared. that gnawing thing in the back of his head that, you know, he's actually terrified of something. 
And you don't really see that with other villains, which is... Frieza with a terrified look on his face is one of the best and things in the it's, series. It's not something that you realize until the saga is in progress. Right. And you start seeing the way he reacts to things that really are starting to not go his way. <laughs> I mean, as long as he's on top, he's completely fine, he's calm, he's cool, he's collected. He's unbearably polite to the point of being condescending, because that's right. the whole point. But once things start to go against him, he loses it. He's a psycho. <laughs> more so than usual. Even more so than usual. But he plays things off like he knows exactly what he's doing, and he has a reason for everything at first. But not so much when he's feeling threatened. Then he's just lashing out kind of indiscriminately in a lot of ways. And still trying to play it off like he, still, like he always knew he had the upper hand. Or sometimes when he gets hurt, like, oh, that wasn't really so bad. But he's inside, he's screaming. We were just talking about Frieza and how his speech pattern changes a little bit when he starts getting irritated and realizing something's going on. For some voice samples and um, more discussion on this, go back and check out episode 14 of the podcast, um, where we talked about a little bit of nuances in the Japanese version that uh, were lost in the English translation, especially with Frieza. We got some great voice samples in there, so definitely check that out, episode 14. I don't know. As, as far as villains go, Frieza's not my favorite, but I can still respect the fact that this guy is... The epitome of evil in this series, probably like the most tyrannical villain, yeah. like ever. And you know, back to the eating babies joke. I think that's something we always made fun of. Like Frieza eats babies for breakfast. He, w he would too. He yeah. would. He would love it. He little Namek babies. It's really terrifying because you don't know quite what he's capable of. Yeah, that's true. If he wanted to, he could just kind of blink his eye and. Poof. Village gone. <laughs> and that's what makes him intriguing as a villain is that he doesn't do that when he could. He lets others do it for him. As opposed doesn't. to Nappa, who's just like, ah, let's blow! <laughs> the end. <laughs> yeah. So I guess moving on, we should probably look at Cell, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, Dr. Gero and the other Jinzo Ningen, they really culminate into Cell. Yeah. That's what it I leads mean, up to. Dr. Ghetto is motivated by revenge, pretty right. much. There's and, not much to that. Yeah, and it, and it bites him in the ass, because <laughs> 17 and 18 aren't part of it. Well, they don't want to be part of his plan. They're like, you're weird. We, don't <laughs> like like we you. have nothing to do with this. <laughs> you're weird, let's decapitate you. Yeah, and 19 is basically his little slave, that's all. He created him for the express purpose of uh, being his little slave. <laughs> well, he, That's it. And moving his brain. Well, yeah, and moving his brain into the... <laughs> <laughs> not human body, but... But Cell, yeah. Cell. Now, with Cell, a lot of what makes Cell Cell is what made Frieza Frieza, because we've mm -hmm. got those cells in there. That's true. He's got the cockiness, he's got the arrogance, but yes. he doesn't care so much about taking over the world, right? No. I thought no, he basically. just wanted to be the strongest. Yeah. To a point, he does what he was designed to do, and exactly. that's to become the strongest he can be. He had his he, goal, and, well, he, he went attains for it. it. And then he kind of gets bored. He's like, <laughs> so now what do I do? Exactly. Now what do I do? Now what I liked about him from the start is that opposed to Frieza, Cell knew that he wasn't the strongest at one point. Uh, he was kind of sneaking around, absorbing people, and especially when he came up against the newly fused Piccolo and Kami. Uh, Cell ain't so hot at this point. So he's got yeah. to sneak around and build himself up to a point when he can be that strongest. And what other villain kind of snuck around to do this? None. That's mm. why I like the arc. He was very sneaky. He was smart. I like that too. Yeah. Smart. Mm, smart. Well, like the cocky. other villains, he's smart up until the point where he becomes the strongest, and then he gets dumb. Right. Mm. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, now I'm the best. I gotta. I can stop using my brain now. Now I'm strong. Now I'm bored. Now I'm dumb. I think that's the route it takes, really. Well, I like Cell because with the whole Cell Games thing, it was just that. It, it's just a game to him. It's yeah. not really. It's not really the case with some of the other villains. They just, you know, have a sole purpose in mind. Like I'm going to be the strongest. I'm going to take over the world. Cell's just like, nah, let's just play. Let's play a little game here. Let's just play mm -hmm. a game in which I will win. Because the other Jinzo Negan kind of made games about things too, where they took the truck to go kill Goku instead of <laughs> flying there. It was a game to them. It was fun, and that carried over into Cell as well. 
That's a good point. I didn't think that maybe those characteristics from 17 and 18 would be, you know, I mean, obviously they're a part of Cell, but. Well, you know what? That's, that's also a good point. He, was he having fun and playing games until he absorbed those two? He was mostly just trying to get his job done with the sneaking <laughs> around. I don't think he was thinking about having like tea parties and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think anyone was thinking about having tea parties. Well, maybe, maybe Dr. Briefs and maybe, Mrs. Maybe Dr. Briefs. Yeah. Yes. Well, how about Boo? Well, Boo is a, a little bit of a mystery. He's kind of, um, well, he's a weird. He's very <laughs> weird. I mean, when we first see him, he's this fat, kind of outwardly happy thing that likes to blow stuff up because it's, well, fun. It's fun. He's not doing but, it because he can. He's doing it because it's fun. And that's new. He has to be, <laughs> basically, he has no conscience. I mean, he does it because it's fun, but it's not because he's evil or wishes ill on anybody. It's because he doesn't know any better. He has to be told that killing is wrong by Mr. Satan. And then and once he's, like, he's told, oh, okay. I won't kill anymore. Now, we should probably know the first form that we see of Boo isn't really Boo's original form. And that's kind of what creates an interesting dynamic throughout all of these forms. Mm-hmm. Because really his original, original form is completely mindless. Right. It's, he's got an appetite for destruction. And that's it. He destroys for the sake of destroying because that's what, that's what you do. <laughs> yeah, that's what he does. That's you blow what things created up. to do and that's what he does. Uh, but once he starts absorbing others, he, well, for number one, he starts to get a little bit smarter. And number two, he kind of takes on other personality elements, especially when he absorbs the Daikaioshin, which is when he finally gets on to, you know, playfulness and weird, happy-go-lucky kind of thing. And you can see it, especially when he starts absorbing other characters as well. Um, When his evil side, well, some sort of evil side at least, comes out and then absorbs the regular boo, you get this being that wants to become stronger, that wants to blow stuff up, that's basically evil. Um, and the evilness is not his inherent form, because really it's just, you know, crazy, insane, no mind at all. But I think through the other people that he's killed and absorbed, he kind of gets this, like, I have a reason for destroying things. That's because I like inflicting harm. Right. And as he gets smarter, too, he gets smarter about the ways that he does it. He starts toying with his enemies, and he starts you know, playing with them and, you know, freaking them out because it's fun to him. I mean, he's all about having fun, I guess, um, when he has any mind at all and isn't just about destroying things. Yeah, I think every form of Boo always has that I want to have fun bit to them. Even Mm -hmm. um, Chibi Boo, the last Boo that we see, his sole purpose is just destroy things, but he laughs and has a good time about it. Just like with with all the candy stuff going on, he's chewing on the candy and like laughing and stretching out and stuff. That's true. He's having fun too. Yeah, but, but... I think he's kind of oblivious to all of that. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe on some some level he finds himself having fun, but ultimately it's this drive to destroy that yeah. he just does. Pretty much. Yep, indeed. Not much else to boo. Yeah, it's not too complex. You know, and that's the point of DBZ where the series kind of started changing a little bit, too. And even the motivations of the villains were changing. So, yeah, it's interesting. A lot of people say that the Boo Saga of Z is almost like a completely different series. I can kind of see that, especially with these yeah. villains here. Mm-hmm. That's a subject in and of itself, though. Maybe we'll have that conversation someday. Maybe. <laughs> that would be a neat I one. I look forward to it. Um, I'm not going to bother getting into GT, mostly because I slept through a lot and I don't remember it as well. And who the hell cares about Super 17 <laughs> and the uh, Sufudu and what revenge? I mean, a lot of GT is about revenge, isn't it? That's true. Nearly yeah. every single villain is about revenge. So there you go. That's our discussion on GT villains. <laughs> revenge. Fantastic. So, I think this is going to create a very interesting discussion on the forum. Uh, hop yes. over to the website and the forum. Every episode, we have a specific thread about the episode. You can leave your thoughts about the entire episode. We want to know what you think about these villains and the motivations. What makes them tick? I'm sure there's a lot of yes. stuff that we glossed over and that you can point out. Mm-hmm. Julian Sensei? Yes, my student. I have a question. Then say it. There is this word. I do not understand it. It is how you say, ranchi? Ah, yes. Lunch. No, no, no. Ranchi. Yes, but in English we say lunch. Oh, I like to be lunch with Mary. Um, I I think you have a mistaken interpretation. This word literally means lunch. Hirugohan. Ah, so, so. Asugohan. Oh, I make Japanese-style joke. 
what, by saying breakfast instead of lunch? Yeah. I would slap you if I were in the same room. <laughs> but you're not, so you can't. Yes. Anyway, lunch is a Dragon Ball character who is very interesting. <laughs> She's got her cute girl side who only wants to do good and is happy pretty much anywhere doing anything. And then there's her super evil blonde side who wants to blow things up and get money and be cool and gets angry. <laughs> and drink. And shoots. Yes. Now, these split personalities are separated by the simple act of sneezing, which is very bizarre in itself, but a lot of early Dragon Ball was bizarre <laughs> like that. And she was a fun character. She too. was. She was so great, especially when they needed to sit closer at the Budokai and she'd whip out the machine gun and be like, rah, 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 get out of my way. I loved yeah. her. I loved oh, her. Oh, yes. Of course, the Deus Ex Machina machine gun <laughs> coming out of nowhere. But sadly, she kind of... Um, disappeared after the end of Dragon Ball. Um, now, in the first... Well, Bulma makes a point of mentioning her when she sees Kame Senin again after the five years, and he says, well, right. she went after Tenshin, and he hasn't seen her since then. Well, she so she's never seen again in the manga, but in the anime, she has several short appearances, a couple during the Saiyajin arc, and then one much, much later at the end of Buu Saga. Uh, but for the most part, she's just kind of forgotten by the author, and it's kind of strange, because she's an interesting character. You and know, she she was sad. there since, not the beginning, but pretty close to it. Like what, episode yeah. 14, 15 or so? Yeah, after Pilaf, she's there. So it's like, where does she go? Uh, and I mean, she went to another dimension. Things. Oh dear, <laughs> the dimension of forgotten Toriyama characters. Yeah. She went it's to kind rehab of... after drinking so much. Oh. It's kind of like she did, or she, yeah. Well, she decided she didn't want to be a part of it anymore. But uh, Toriyama <laughs> decided that maybe she didn't quite fit in with the, the concept anymore, so he didn't really That's have true. any more use for her. But he could have just as well. I, I think he just forgot he, about her. He forgets a lot of things. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, um, real quick, uh, let's just talk about her name, Ranchi. Mm -hmm. Explain That's... it. Explain it. Uh, okay. Well, you know, typically um, it's an English word, right. but it, you know, we're getting borrowed into Japanese. It takes on Japanese phonological traits, and so the, since there's no distinction between R and L in Japanese, it becomes Danchi with an L. And since there's no consonant stops besides a uh, syllabic N in Japanese, it has to end in something other than ch, so it becomes chi. So Danchi. So there you go. And it's put as launch in the Funimation version. I have is... no idea why. Because she uses a gun, I guess. Uh, that's but... that's my take on it. Um, yeah. But it doesn't make maybe? as much sense as lunch. I know, come on, the food puns. What are you doing, guys? It's all about the food buns. Yeah. That's all there is to her. Pretty much, yeah. Poor, poor <laughs> forgotten character. She's a pretty, well, two-dimensional character because she has two sides to her. Otherwise, she'd be one-dimensional. <laughs> I guess um, so. Such is true. All yeah. right, thank you, teacher. I have learned... Well, I kind of knew that, but maybe Good. someone else learned things, and that's this what we're about. Lesson. All right. And now, instead of a lesson, you're going to get the funny. Five. Mary! Mike! That is me, and Mary is you. And every week, you do a top five list. Yeah, it is correct. What is the top five list this week? My top five list this week is me apologizing for bad-mouthing a character with certain bad traits. Well, not that those are false. No. Because they're very true. But I want to show that there is a good side to this character and certain actions yes. that he may partake. So the list this week is the top five Goku fatherly moments. Yes, Suri Bob. Uh, this just proves that despite his shortcomings, even Goku himself has a soft spot in his heart for his offspring. He does. And good, I'm glad he has these instincts in him because sometimes I worry the only instinct he has is, uh, I want food, feed, feed, feed. <laughs> I like but food, food is good. He looks like he has a paternal instinct as well every so often. All right, so what is the number five Goku fatherly moment? Okay, number five is Goku and Gohan training in the room of spirit and time, and poor little Gohan gets so tuckered out he passes out, and, you know, rather than leave his son, you know, <laughs> sprawled out on the white floor of nothingness, he gives him a little piggyback ride and tucks him into bed. Aww. Oh, it's so cute. That's so adorable. That's like such a fatherly looking thing to just you know, give it your son a piggyback ride, even though he's knocked out. It's cute. I like it. Good. How about number four? Number four is uh, looking out for his son in a good way, as in, I don't want you to die. He's <laughs> uh, on Namek, and uh, Goku shows up with some Senzu in hand and, and gives him to his son. Who has a broken neck, by the way. Oh, yeah. 
and you know he's on the verge of dying so <laughs> you know i guess as a father you wouldn't want you know that to happen to your son it's just another one of those he scoops up his son he's holding him in his arms and it's just it's a good looking kind of thing yes Okay. How about number three? Number three is a movie event. Okay. It's from uh, movie three, is it? Yes. And uh, it's uh, the time in which Gohan befriends a precocious little dragon known as Higher Dragon. Of course, Chi-Chi is not about to have a pet, you know, going on a rampage in her house because it is a dragon after all. (laughs) Um, But Goku sees that his fine young lad has taken a liking to this wild creature and rather than prohibit his son from having this little forest friend, he lets uh, Gohan and the little dragon have their own little hideout in the cave. And it's so cute! I love that moment where he's like the psh, psh, Come over behind here! The, behind the tree. I got a doghouse for you. I mean, I mean a cave for, for your <laughs> dragon friend. And the dragon's so gracious about it. Yes. He's like, Thank you, Gohan! He's like... Let me spit up on you. I love you. It's my higher dragon impersonation. For some reason, it sounds like a cat throwing up. But <laughs> How about number two? Okay, number two is probably the closest we're going to get to cute Goku and Gohan moments. And this is the week of filler, as I like to call it. <laughs> Maybe not in terms of, you know, when it aired on TV, but it's a week in Dragon Ball time. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, uh, right before the Cell Games when they have a chance to just chill out. And you can see them doing some pretty cute father and son things. They're fishing. They're hanging out on the grass. They're having a birthday party. They're bonding. <laughs> that is uh, a few years worth of uh, catching up on bonding between those two. I'd say. Mm-hmm. It's very, very cute to see them actually acting like a family. So I like I like this <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Even if it is filler, it's very adorable. It is. So, Mary, the number one moment involves a character that is not Gohan. That's right. It's a character I have not mentioned, and this should be so obvious as number one that if you can't figure it out by now, then what kind of fan are you? What are you doing listening to this podcast if you cannot figure this out? It's obvious! Well, to me anyway. And I'm referring to when Goten first meets Goku. It's so heartwarming. This thing makes you cry. It's it just does. It's so touching. Uh, Goten, of course, has never met Goku before because, you know, Goku's been dead. <laughs> he kind of, you know... This knocked... goes back to the bad fatherly moment. <laughs> this goes back up to knocking yes. your wife and leaving, uh, <laughs> you know, leaving this world as we know it. To leave the poor woman raising a second son all on her own. But barring that, we have a, a nice tender reunion. I guess it's a union since it's not read anything. Um, so they meet at the Tengaichi Brokai. There's little Goten hiding behind mommy. And I don't want to meet the bad big man. But Goku shows up with this smile, and, you know, how can you resist? You can't. You can't resist. Go- no. Goten can't resist. He runs up to him, to the stranger, him. like, Daddy! <laughs> and then, Daddy, Daddy! Uh, and Goku uh, he scoops him up, has him on his shoulder, and then Goten does this cute little face swishy thing. Yeah. Oh, it's so cute. It's so cute. And, you know, Goku at all isn't afraid of showing some affection to this kid. He doesn't even know. He just knows he's supposed to love him. He's scared. Goten. Goten's all terrified at meeting this stranger, but Goku knows what to do. So I guess that's pretty much it. Yippers. Hooray. We will be back next week with more ABCs and top five lists. Until then, it's time for releases. So July is pretty much over. Yeah. And uh, there's really nothing else coming out, so I guess we'll hit the first week in August, and then uh, next week we'll get everything else. August second, okay. Julian, what is out? Those would be the Japanese DVD volumes 28, 29, and 30 of DBZ. These cover episodes 160 to 165, 166 to 171, and 172 to 177, respectively. Going up towards the Cell game, but not getting there quite yet. But it introduces Mr. Satan, for one. Yes. And sets up the whole, what's, well, what, what is the Cell game. Right. So... Yeah, and so these are the individual disc releases from what was the second DBZ Dragon Box set back in 2003, and they feature cleaned up footage and audio, and they're going for 3,990 yen a pop, or roughly 37-ish dollars, but then you got shipping, of course. Right. But you can probably get them through CD Japan or that kind of thing. Yep. 
if you're interested. So there you go. There you go. That's pretty much it. And we'll be mm. back next week with uh, more August stuff. It's time for emails. Our first email comes to us from Tom, who is from the UK, apparently. And, well, I don't know where in the UK, but I'm going to have to do this. Hey, guys. And gal. <laughs> I was just wondering if you could show us your Dragon Ball collections via photos on the site, and maybe include any other anime slash manga that you own. You can show off your true fanboy slash girl colors. That would be sweet, and I'm always interested to see other people's collections. Thanks, guys, and keep up the good work with the podcast. Now I see why you wanted this email. He said, like, Ringo Starr. Well, it was a very scousy accent, so <laughs> there you go. Oh, uh, pictures. I always have at least one picture up to date of the bookshelf here between the two computers uh, with all of the Tunkobon and Daisenshu and Dragon Box and my Journeys to the West and the Scouters. So I will make sure I have an updated picture of that at least. And maybe I'll take one or two other pictures. How about you, Julian? What do you have? Well, I've got uh, actually a photo that's already uploaded on the site. It hasn't really changed since I took that picture. Oh, is my... this uh, all of the Kanzenmon? Oh, yes. Uh, and since all of my Dragon Ball stuff is no longer in one collected location, that's pretty much as good as you're going to get right now <laughs> gotcha. anyway. Um, but, yeah, I mean, my One Piece collection has grown substantially since then, but my DB collection is pretty much the same as it was. Gotcha. So there you go. You know, other than our bookshelf here, we really don't have any shrines to Japanese stuff anywhere else. So that's really it. I'll, I'll definitely get an updated picture of this because it looks pretty sexy, especially with all the uh, little Gashapon stuff we got at Anime Next. They're all set up there with the books. All right. So those are cool. We will have pictures up on the website. Uh, head over there and you will find it. Next email, and this kind of relates to the news. Um, this comes to us from Albert, who we saw at Anime Next, actually, during the podcasting panel. So I'm pretty much going to summarize this because it's a long email, but I want to hit all the points in it. Albert writes to us about Funimation and the DVDs and what's going on here. And what he relates to this is back when Funimation was releasing the original Dragon Ball on VHS, and they got up to a certain point uh, about the Red Ribbon Army arc, and all of a sudden, they stopped releasing VHS. You guys remember this? Funimation was like, hey, oh, yeah. no more VHS. I don't remember this at all. No, you don't. I remember. They just went, like, they decided to stop the VHS and go with DVDs. Yeah. Now, at that point... Honestly, I mean, VHS is pretty much a dead format. It, it kind of makes sense. But this relates to the what's going on with the Ultimate Uncut Editions, where we're nine volumes in, and all of a sudden, are they done with it? What's going to happen with it? And I got to say, and this is me, Mike, saying this, um, what is Funimation doing? They stop <laughs> releasing products in the middle of releases, and they're really confusing their fans. It's called milking the cash cow. Yeah, yes. I, I get that. But especially when you consider the order in which DBZ was released, and that is haphazardly. <laughs> How tough is it to keep up with the series in a logical order, in chronological order? This is so confusing. So what you do is you go over to DaiZenshuiX, the website. Check out the DVD guide. Yeah, you know, I wasn't heading there, but... <laughs> yeah, but I can head there because I'm not a part of your site. Oh, okay. So as a fan, I can I can disclose my, no, personally, my advice. The DVD guide is an invaluable resource to me. Because <laughs> I'm always looking for, okay, what episode is that on? What disc is that? And what does the cover look like? And I use it every freaking day. But, you know, that's me. Um, yeah, so Funimation... What's going on? This is this, this is crazy. We don't know what's going to happen with the movies. What's going to happen with the re-release of the first three movies? We've got the Dead Zone re-release. Right. What's going to happen to the world's strongest in Tree of Might, movies two and three? Ooh, maybe they'll just hold off on those two and use the uh, movie box set. And then they're releasing like this Broly box set. They are? Out soon. Yeah, the three Broly movies. Oh my god. So, uh, all I can do is just sigh. <laughs> Ajin. Uh, 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 yeah, I, I wasn't going to go there. I went um. there. But, so yeah, it's it's crazy. I, I feel your pain, Albert, uh, especially because I bought a bunch of those Ultimate Uncuts when the, our Suncoast kind of shut down. But still. Yeah. Uh, and Albert just wanted to say that he's already got his Battle Stadium D.O.N. And uh, as he says, it's fucking rad. So I'm kind of jealous I don't have mine yet. That's really it. There you go. That's uh, what we're going to do for emails this week. If you would like to send us some emails, please do. We would love to get them. Head over to Daisenshu EX. Over on the left, there is a button that says Contact. And lo and behold, when you click this link, you get all the contact information. This is so logical. And so Funimation would never do this. They would never make it so easy. 
but we do because we love you. We do. There seems to be an unnecessary amount of Funimation bashing this episode. Because they do such stupid things. I mean, but they do good things too. They do, they do. It's so weird. I mean, I never thought ten years ago that I would say good things about Funimation, but. They're doing the same stupid stuff that they were doing back in, like, 95. They do good things for everything else but Dragon Ball. I know. It's only Dragon Ball. But they're trying to give you good things to Dragon Ball. They are. You know, that's really the underlying message here. So it looks like they're really trying to do something awesome with it. It just so happens that a couple people might have wasted some money getting to this point. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, "Mm, do you kill one person to save the world? Hmm, I don't know. Do you waste some nine-year-old's, you know, allowance just so you can put out the Dragon Box? Yes. I, I think what Funimation is saying here is, fuck nine-year-olds, we're putting out a Dragon Box. Is that is that what it's coming down to? I agree. I so. Fuck the nine-year-olds. I'm sorry if there's nine-year-olds out there, but you shouldn't be listening to this. It's coarse language. Not really. Uh, Every once in a while. All right, so send us emails. And actually what I want to say is, send us emails even if you don't have a question. Uh, we know we have a lot of people over on the forum and the chat that listen to the show, but uh, unless you tell us, we don't know that you're listening. I mean, I see the numbers every week, so I kind of have an idea of who's listening. But uh, especially if you don't hang out over on the forum and chat, and why aren't you, send us an email. Let us know uh, what you think about the show, if you're liking it, if you're not liking it, if, what you want to see. Uh, we want to hear what you have to say, so uh, hit up that contact link as well. So, folks... I think it's time to bring this episode to a close. All right. We have lots of important stuff coming up very soon. Uh, I think we should mention Otakon. Yeah. It's in two weeks. Holy crap, Tarns. We're going to (laughs) be busy at Otakon. We're going to be very busy. I know Julian's not going to be there. Julian has no money. It's kind of sad. And he's further away, so. Yes. But I'll have to have you buy things for me and then bring them back and give them to me. I can do that. That would be fun. Okay, cool. Mary, real briefly, the stuff going on at Otakon that involves us. Okay, this is... uh... It's kind of a lot. One, we got a video in the music video contest. We do. You can look for it in the action category. You can. Um, there's going to be some great videos this year. Look there out, will be. Look out for a Dragon Ball uh, crossover with uh, a certain similar shonen series by one caster Troy. You can already find it online on animemusicvideos.org if you, you are so inclined. You can. You um, are. Let's see. So, yeah, we're going to be in that. Check that out. It's not a Dragon Ball video from us. But it is an action video. But it us. is an action video. Um, and I think you'll like it. We hope so. What say you? And all your friends. Step up to my friends. In the alley tonight. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to be doing uh, the anime music video panel with a few of our close AMV-related friends. We are, so check that out. That's typically, what, Saturday morning? That's a Saturday morning. It usually runs about two hours, and it's usually, I can't remember if it's from 9 to 11 or 10 to 12, but it is a two-hour block, it and usually it, usually, starts at nine. it usually ends right before lunchtime. Yeah, so check that out. Uh, we'll be there. We'll be playing stuff. We'll be talking about things. So if you have any interest in music videos, check that out. And then, Much luck. Iron Editor. Iron Editor, that's right. <gasps> Mike and I are going to be competitors in a three-way. Ooh. I like this. With, uh, Actually, it's a four-way. Well, that's true, but me and Mike and I are uh, counting as a team. We are. So it's going to be Mike and I versus Brad Bacoffin, otherwise known as... Uh, Atom X. Yes. And uh, we're also going to be going against Lee Shang, also known as Bogosort. Um, and this is for the title of Iron Editor, but in a not-so-traditional way. It's uh, a- an editing contest for making music videos, but you got to make a video in under two hours. The topic this year is make a action trailer, yeah. and we got a mix of five shows that are so thoroughly unrelated, it's going to be pretty difficult. So for a good <laughs> laugh, for a good laugh, come down to Iron Editor and, and watch Mike and I sweat. And during this, I mean, they play videos, they play things, they play games, they give away prizes. Yeah, so it's not going to be boring. You know? No, you don't actually just sit there and watch this edit for two hours. That'd be really boring. Right. There's all sorts of fun things going on. They try to embarrass us. They try to annoy us. They try to distract us. So that's always fun. Right. They play embarrassing things. Oh, yeah. Better off dead. Better off dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. skeletons in the closet. In any case, um, since there's going to be three competitors, as it were, the two top scoring people for this competition will go on to the Iron Editor Contest at AWA, which is Anime Week in Atlanta. Yes. And that'll be the ultimate showdown. So they're pretty much doing like a tournament of champions right now because Mary and I won last AWA. So we're going up against the Otakon competitors. It's just so much fun and I can't wait to have it done with. (laughs) So yeah, pretty much all the stuff we're doing at Otakon is AMV related. However, look for a special event in regards to the fan parody. This is Otakudom. Oh, definitely. It's the five year anniversary of its release and... 
Maybe you can get it on DVD for the first time ever. You might mm, want to check into maybe, that. Mm, maybe. Maybe. Mm. Maybe there's tons of extra stuff on it. Mm, maybe. Very nice. Maybe. maybe we should check it like we're supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do that this weekend. Good idea. All right. So there's Otakon. Otakon's in two weeks. Uh, if you don't know what Otakon is, you should find out what Otakon is. <laughs> we'll give you a link to the site. It's just otakon.com. Uh, wow. Anyone else have any uh, closing thoughts for this week? Hey, we're from websites, aren't we? We we are. We should say that. I'm. I live on a website, oh. whether you realize it or not. <laughs> at, at night, it's I scary. I crawl into the cable modem. It's a tough fit, let me tell you. And oh, yes. I I crawl and I crawl and I cr- and then I fall asleep. And then I wake up and I crawl <laughs> some more. And I end up on Mary's site sometimes. But then then the bandwidth dies, and I'm right. knock I'm knocking I'm knocking I'm like hello, hello and no one answers. Yeah, uh, that's the current state of my site right now. If you choose to go to www.templeotrunks.com, you will find a bandwidth, uh, a bandwidth, a bandwidth um, exceeding limit. So you won't see anything. That's sad. So yeah, I gotta find a new host because uh, yeah, this is a street. I can't talk today. <laughs> this is three straight months in a row in which I have gone over my bandwidth three weeks into the month. You are just so popular. I am not popular. That's the thing. I get far, far less hits than you than I used to, and uh, something's killing my bandwidth. It might be yes. all those thousands of images of trunks. <laughs> I should do something about that. Yes, that well, Google image search. Julian, how about you and I? Well, we can be found at www.daizex.com. That's daizex.com, and right now we are not exceeding our bandwidth limit. Maybe we will be once you hear this podcast, but hopefully not. <laughs> um, I, so I let's think we're cross our fingers. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. It's way, way, way over there. As for me, I'll go piss. I'll go piss. I'll go <laughs> piss in her coffee pot again. Uh, and that's that's Mike. just. I'm gonna leave it there. <laughs> And I think that's it. So thanks, folks. Check out next week, episode 37. Hopefully we'll have a Battle Stadium D.O.N. extravaganza for you. And Julian? Daizenshu EX Podcast.